Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. It's a weekend review time here on Fantasy NBA Today. I'm in, for some reason, all Los Angeles garb. I don't know why. It's just the crap I grab off a shelf here and a wall there. I don't shower before I do these shows. You guys should know that by now. So the uh, clothing du jour is really whatever I can snatch from some weird corner of my bedroom first. I hope everybody's having a really nice week. I hope that everybody's week is coming to a pleasant, relaxing end. I know for me, this week very much was a ramp up. Kids were sick. Most of this, the first half of the week, they're both out of here, man. They're out of here. I got this place to myself for a few hours. The dog has a freaking appointment today because why would Dan have a regular day to himself? He doesn't, by the way, is the the note on that but that's okay that's easy you know I don't have to fight with the dog about anything you just put on a leash and off we go this is a big week in review show end of week 12 we got ads we got uh holds we got the I'm scareds and nervous guys we got the watch list we got the stream while warm ward which is growing by the way I've been adding names to it we got a massive injury replacement board And I'm realizing that as I begin the show, I actually forgot to copy and paste these names into a Word document. So we're going to go even lower tech today. And we are going to be using (laughs) a notepad document, which I know is absolutely the fanciest thing you can do. Oh my goodness. I really, this is rock bottom, man. But we're going to do it, which means you're also going to get to see a lot of the names before I actually get to them, because I can't separate it by page the same way that I could uh, with a Word doc. Unless you think I could put this all into a Word document while I'm talking to you guys. I don't think I can. You know what? Let's just see what it would look like. Well, what's it going to look like if I share a, a notepad document? Here. It's going to look like this. That's not that bad, I guess. It's flickering. Why? I don't know. Why are you flickering, document? I don't like that at all. Okay, well, maybe this isn't going to work. Let's not, let's not share that. <sighs> Can't have nothing nice around here. All right, here's what we're going to do. Dano's going to copy this stuff into a Word document while I'm talking to you. Because, I mean, look, here's the thing. Uh, we got a couple of notes here at the beginning of the show. Um... First things first, you can find me over on social media at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a sports ethos presentation. The show, of course, is Fantasy NBA Today. Once again, shout out to our buddies over at the Believe Network for joining forces. Today's the day I'm doing a big announcement over on social media, so get ready for that. See, that's not flickering. Doesn't look as good as usual, but it's going to do. So yeah, shout out to the Believe guys. Discord link is in the show description. If you saw this sort of popped up on your Twitter feed or for you or whatever, hi, welcome. Make sure to drop a follow. Some people always forget to hit that follow button. We do a lot of stuff on social media. Anybody around can tell you that. I like that StreamYard can show me what people are saying both from YouTube and from Twitter. That's kind of cool. This will be available live. It'll be available after the fact. Blah, blah, blah. Like, 
please take a second. I haven't begged you guys for this in a while, so we'll beg at the beginning of today's show. Please take a second to like and subscribe. It does. Uh, it really does matter quite a lot uh, in the grand scheme of things as we continue to try to grow what we're doing over here. Uh, and someone asked what kind of dog. It's a some sort of crazy mix. There's Jack Russell in her. That's like as, about as much as we know. We got her at the Pound, the West Los Angeles Pound, in November of 2013. She'll be 11 in February, and uh, she's an 18-pound tank. Tough dog, man. Tough dog. Gumshoe is her name. She's a frickin' warrior. Not that, like, she's had to go through a lot. We don't really know what happened to her before we got her, but she's tough. You don't get these little dogs that are super tough like that, but she's a tough customer. She's eaten so many weird things. Total billy goat of an animal. I think my favorite might be when she ate a blue ink pen uh, and then pooped blue for two days. We talk a lot about bowel movements on this podcast, I'm realizing. I don't know how we're going to get new listeners that way, but nah, you never know. Might latch on to somebody who's just like, you know what I want today? I want fantasy basketball information and talk of defecation. Let's do a weekend review, you jerks. I'm kidding. I love you all. Let's start with the ads. That's what everybody wants to know. Only four names on the ads board this week. And you know what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to make the font bigger because I think it's kind of hard to see. And we'll, I'll just make sure that I scroll as we're going. The four ads this week. Ad number one is Dante DiVincenzo, who I admit that I was a little bit slow to add because the minutes were not totally locked in on a game-to-game -game basis. He played 29 and a half minutes yesterday, which is way more than enough. But for the most part, he was hovering between like 18 and 26, which historically for DiVincenzo hasn't been enough. He's been running hot, which obviously works in his favor. Um, but the big note I think that we're finding with Dante is that his per-minute production is way up this year. And I can't really explain it because for most players, when they come to the Knicks, that's not the thing that happens. They're going to get usually buried under Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. And for a while, it was R.J. Barrett just kind of doing all the stuff. But DiVincenzo's out there getting 10, 11 shots in 25 minutes a game. I mean, just look at back at basically every year of his young career when he came into the league in like 2018. Since he's played in the 20s in minutes, so excluding his rookie year, 23 minutes, we'll just read them straight through. 23, 27, uh, 20 got traded 26 and a half, 26 again last year in Golden State, uh, and now 21 and a half with New York. The thing that jumps out to us right now is that in New York this year, in 21 and a half minutes, he's taking eight shots a game. In Sacramento, two years ago, he took 8.7 shots per game in almost 27 minutes a game, and the most he's ever taken in his career was nine back in 2020 with Milwaukee, and that was in 27 and a half minutes per ballgame. So what you're seeing is that his activity is just up right now. I don't know that it sticks all season long. I really don't. But right now he's averaging a career best in scoring at 11 points per game, and that again is in only 21 and a half minutes per night. Last night, for example, Thursday night, he played 29 and a half minutes in their loss in Dallas, took 13 shots. 
9 and 10, the two games before that, in about 22 minutes per ball game. They had a 16-minute game. That was a weird one, a blowout win in Philly where he took only six shots. But prior to that, it was 10, 11, 21. He's pretty consistently getting 9 or 10 shots in about 22 or 23 minutes of ball game. So then the thought becomes, all right, well, you know, they brought in OG Ananobi. That's not great for everybody. But they sent out two guys in Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, who are averaging more minutes combined than OG figures to get when he arrives. So that means more for DiVincenzo, more for Josh Hart, more for Quinton Grimes. Even if it's not like this overwhelming avalanche, Hart's not going to go from 20 minutes to 33. But even if he goes from 20 to 25 or 26, if he holds on the current per-minute pace that he's on. I don't even care about the fact that he's shooting 47%, because I do think that number comes down. It's all about the activity right now for him. And I just sort of didn't believe it, which means we're probably a little bit late on this one, but it happens. So make sure Dante's an ad. See if he keeps up this per-minute production, which is, again, very weird. But if he does... There you go. Jaden Ivey is the next name on the ads board. He's certainly a much better ad in points leagues. I continue to maintain, and again, there I think I said this on yesterday's show, there's nothing to say that he can't get better from last year to this year. In fact, most young guys do get better between their rookie and sophomore year, certainly between you know first and third seasons if we get that far. But he was so far away from having nine cat value last season when Cade was out, that it's like, well, what do we really think changed dramatically season over season to say, yes, this is why Jaden Ivey is now magically a nine category guy, even though he really wasn't close last year. He played plenty. He had a week here and there where he put up nine cat value, but by and large, he was so bad in turnovers, defensive stats, and particularly field goal percent between the various percentages that even that, I mean, look at it. Like the last 10 games last year, Jaden Ivey averaged 22 points, almost three three-pointers, and almost eight assists per ball game. And he was outside the top 180 because he was so bad in defensive stats, field goal percent, and turnovers that it couldn't counterweight the good he was doing in the other stuff. Again, improvement does not, it, you know, th we can't preclude, we cannot exclude the idea that maybe he got better, and so maybe the turnovers won't be as big of an issue. Maybe he'll get a few more steals, or maybe he'll fall into a block, or maybe the field goal percent won't be quite so bad. That is a path forward, which is why I think you probably have to add him in most places, start him in points leagues. Head-to-head, -head, you're probably starting because you're likely punting one of those things because frickin' everybody is. That's just the universe we live in right now, even though I don't think you have to. I really don't think you need to punt a, per a turnover or a percentage to win your head-to-head -head league. In fact, it's probably time to zag when everybody is doing that. But regardless, by and large, a lot of you are probably doing it because it's just sort of like the path of least resistance these days. So, sure, you're starting him there. Roto? Eh, I don't know. It's gonna have to do a lot a lot in the counting stuff to overcome those problematic areas. I think you need to add Draymond Green, not because I think 
that Draymond Green is about to magically become extraordinarily good at basketball again because he's old and he's slow and everything is trending down. But mostly because I think the Warriors are... I've done a really good job not, not swearing on this podcast over the years, and I'm not going to start today. I think the Warriors are trash without Draymond. I think most people are seeing that. And so they're going to make sure that he's in everything. And Chris Paul is out. So he's going to have to be the ball mover on offense. I don't like Draymond Green's fantasy game all that much these days. He wasn't really all that close to being a must-start guy before he went down. He was number 152, I believe, this year. No, that's not right. No, that is right. 152 at 10 points, 5.5 boards, and 6 assists. Steals and blocks are way down. You know, he's just like old-itis. You guys know I like old man types. That, that doesn't mean everybody that's old is an old man type. Draymond doesn't really have it anymore. But at the same time, the Warriors are going to need to see what they are with him healthy. He's only played 25 minutes a game so far this year, mostly because of ejections and injuries. That's not a number that's going to stick. He'll get into the 30s. And so you'll see the scoring, the boards, the assists, the steals, the blocks, all that stuff is going to be higher than it looks like it is right now. I think he's got a shot to get inside the top 100. 110 feels maybe like a more reasonable target. But uh, I am adding him with the expectation that he'll be back in the next one to two basketball games. And the last name on the ads board is one that may shock you. Dan uses his BuzzFeed voice. Chris Dunn, who over the last two weeks, this is one of the silliest stat lines I think I can possibly relay to you, is averaging three and a half points per game in 22 minutes a night. Three and a half points per game. He is legitimately not bothering to score. 3.3 rebounds, 5.6 assists. It's pretty rare you get a guy who's averaging more assists than points. Two steals and 1.1 blocks. It's even rarer, 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 that you find a guy who's averaging basically the same number of combined defensive stats as points, but here we are. But that's the thing. Chris Dunn is Matisse Thibel with assists instead of a three and a pointer. And Thibel, when he when he's rolling, is a top 100 guy. So we kind of have to just sort of believe what we're seeing with Chris Dunn, who's been actually kind of on the upswing over the last two weeks. In fact, over the last one week, he's up to 25 minutes per ball game. And over the last week, he has averaged more combined steals and blocks than points per game. He's at 3.8 combined steals and blocks, and he's at three points per game. That's one of the craziest and dumbest stats that I think I've ever brought to you on this show. But he deserves to be rostered right now because in 24-25 minutes a game, he's generally been a fantasy startable guy in 9-cat. If you're in a points league, you're looking at me like, Dan, you must have your head so far up your you-know-what, there is no chance. And yeah, you're right. Don't bother. Don't bother points leagues. That's crazy. We scroll down into the holds, and again, because I screwed up my formatting here, you're, you're not going to be able to see everything on the same page. You're going to watch me do it in real time. Here are some holds. Uh, I don't know how much explanation a lot of these guys need, but we'll, we'll go into detail on any of them that actually do. Aaron Neesmith is a hold. I don't think requires a lot of explanation. Alex Caruso, Dennis Schroeder probably also don't require a ton of explanation, although you guys know that I am not particularly high on Dennis Schroeder. He's number 125, and he's trending uh, over the last week, excuse me, 
125 over the last week, 110 on the season. It does feel like he's been trending down a little bit. Although after the very hot start and then cold spell to sort of level off, you guys know the great leveling, the great leveling. It always happens somewhere in that six to seven week range. And now he's leveled off at 110. He's fine. He's not going to blow the roof off the building, but he's fine. Gary Trent Jr. requires, I think, maybe a little bit more explanation. I just, so I'm not all that high on Trent. I don't think that he's someone that you need to be racing out to add. I just, uh, I have this feeling in the back of my brain that he could get a little hot. But more than anything, he's the guy right now that steps into big stuff if anyone goes down for Toronto. Because the Raptors, they don't have another option anymore. This is the this is their group. And Jakob Pertl is already hurt. So there's already a little bit of room for Trent that there wasn't two days ago. Even though I know Thad Young is picking up a lot of those minutes. Gary Trent probably, at the end of the day, profiles better as an injury replacement than a hold on this board. Like... It probably makes more sense to have him sitting somewhere off to the side. And you say, all right, well, you know, like if Scotty Barnes has to miss a game, you play Gary Trent. Or if Emmanuel quickly misses a game, you play Gary Trent. Because all of a sudden, 15, 16 shots fall into the shot pool. And Gary Trent is lying there in the middle of the shot pool. It's a, it's a wading pool. It's a backyard, you know, above ground inflatable. He's lying on his back, collecting water and squirting a fountain up into the air. And he's just waiting for one of these guys to pour a bucket of water in. So, fine. Call him an injury replacement. Blah, blah, blah. Move on. Colin Sexton is a hold. He's been fine lately, so you guys probably don't need an explanation on that. Derek Lively is a hold if you can. That's not just a traditional hold. That's an H-I-Y-C. Uh, hiccup. It's like a hiccup. Hold if you can. I get it. It's hard. We don't know, really know when he's coming back. But I really like his fantasy game. We just need him to stay healthy for more than four games in a row. It's really hard to hold. I get it. D'Angelo Russell is a hold. He played more yesterday in the Lakers' disgusting blowout loss in a day of all blowout losses because he's basically being showcased. Russell's getting moved. There's almost no question about it at this point. Uh, he and the team seem to have soured on each other. He's playing kind of loosey-goosey basketball right now where that that's not the D'Lo that the Lakers want. They wanted the aggressive, confident, focused one, and now they're getting an aggressive, confident, unfocused D'Lo. But you can't drop him because he's too good fantasy-wise, he's too good offensively, and he's going to end up someplace where he's going to get to do some stuff and sort of reinvent again. Poor D'Lo. I thought he was going to be a decent fit. He's getting blamed for stuff that isn't really his fault. Lakers' defensive game plan is idiotic. But... Because D'Lo is one of the players that's been getting yanked around with all this stupid, stupid crap, and it's like, oh, well, we surely we can carve out minutes for Cam Reddish. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's annoyed. D'Lo's annoyed. Max Struess got hurt, which, unfortunately, as much as I've enjoyed his crazy minutes-per-game run, did kind of feel inevitable with as many minutes as he's been playing. Almost 34 a ball game, still shooting just 40% from the field. He's a hold. Because as that field goal percent ticks up towards 43, he moves back into the top 80 range. I am not a feared 
but the injury is annoying and probably one that we could have seen coming. Grayson Allen is a hold. I don't think that one actually needs much much of an explanation. He didn't do much yesterday, but uh, Phoenix didn't need him to because Bradley Beal went completely insane and the game was over relatively early. And Jalen Suggs, I, actually, there's no, there's no reason he needs to be on this. I forgot to take his name off that board. He doesn't even need to be on the holds board because he's been really good and nobody's asking about him. The I'm Scared board comes next on the list. Whoops, scrolled too far. I know, this is low tech today. Even lower tech than usual. This is embarrassing, man. An embarrassing level show. What happens if I change the width? Nothing. Just wanted to see what it would look like in real time. Hey, before I tell you guys about the folks that I'm either dropping or I'm about to drop, I do want to remind you to check out our pals over at manscaped.com. Promo code there is ethos20, ethos20, to get free shipping and 20% off on everything you order at manscaped.com, including this amazing little contraption they call the shears. I don't know if you can see on camera. It does say, I'll put that right up to the screen. Nope, too bright. What if I get it underneath the light? There you go. Manscaped. You can see the word on it. It's magnet. The the holder that comes with it, right there. That's magnetized. There you go. See, so everything stays tight to it. You can't lose your stuff. It's the best nail clipper that I've ever seen in my life. Best I've ever seen in my life. And I think it's twenty bucks. Or it was the last time I checked. You can get it for $4 off with free shipping with our promo code. You could also get the sideburn trimmer. We've had a number of people in the chat room lately have talked about how they've got stuff from Manscaped over the last two or three years since they've been a partner here on Fantasy NBA Today, and they're never buying another sideburn trimmer as long as they live. They love it, and you will too. Go to manscaped.com, use code ethos20, get that 20% off in free shipping, clean up whatever weird hairy part of your body you want. I ain't here to judge. I'm a pretty hairy guy myself. Hey, also, take a moment to uh, find me over on social media, at Dan Bespris, as I not very subtly point at the spelling of it on the screen. Those that are listening after the fact, it's D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. And also, take a second to find wherever the like button is if you're watching, whether that's on Twitter or YouTube, make sure to like subscribe no matter where you are. Now that we're being hosted through Believe, it's even five times more important that you guys subscribe to the show and make sure you're taking in every episode of Fantasy NBA Day. You're going to win your fantasy leagues because of it, and it's also cool for us. So a double bonus. Okay, here's who I'm nervous about. I put Gordon Hayward on this list to troll him. There was no other reason to put him back. This is the third week in a row I've told you guys to drop Gordon Hayward. There's no explanation. I'm just having fun. John Collins, uh, I had him on last week. I'll put him on again. It just feels like, and I know he's had a couple of okay games mixed in, but it just feels like his aggression is not quite there. And with Utah giving everybody 25 minutes a night these days, that's not enough time for him to get it done. So I think you can move on. He's more of a streamable type, uh, and that's like there's just not enough there. Buddy Heald, I'm dropping. Bench Buddy Heald is not good. Malik Beasley I'm dropping because he's not doing anything besides hitting three-pointers. He, I think I mentioned on a show earlier this week, profiles better, Beasley does, as a injury fill-in type when, you know, either if Dame or Giannis or whoever, if Middleton, if those guys miss a game and there's suddenly a bunch more shots available, that's when he becomes interesting. 
I think the Mavs streamer wings like Derek Jones, Grant Williams, Dante Exum, La, Josh Hardy, no, Jalen Hardy, Josh Green. Who's the actor? I was going to make a joke, and I Tom Hardy. I was, screwed that up. Uh, I think all those guys can probably be moved on from outside of, again, head-to-head type scheduling plays. Patrick Williams is a drop with the Bulls healthy. And then uh, not a drop yet, but I am genuinely concerned is Brandon Pajemski, who feels like he's kind of run out of gas. Someone was asking me, I think, on Twitter, what do you mean, like, why would he run out of gas? It's just that the the rigors, the length of an NBA season is not what young guys are used to. You got to remember, college basketball players play two games a week. That's it, outside of tournament time. Then they ramp it up for, you know, a couple of weeks in there. They've got their conference tournaments, whatever. They might play three games. They might go back to back to back sometimes. Okay, they've got enough in the tank to do that like once a year. In the NBA, you're doing it all the time. You got back-to-backs, you're playing three, four games every seven days. There is no break. You don't have three, four days off to regain your strength, go sit in a couple of classes, sleep until noon. Then on top of that, you're also bashing up against people in the NBA versus college that are like 1.8 times larger. Sometimes more than that, depending on what conference you're coming from. And guys just get worn down. And then guys get worn down quicker if they're playing the way Pajemski did, which, I mean, I think we all really loved it. But it's, you know, head down, crash through a wall for your team, get all the rebounds, get all the assists, get all the steals, do everything you can, and then, you know, sleep when you're dead kind of thing. Well, he's kind of dead right now. He may need to sleep before he dies. So it's close. He may be a drop. I'll hold on a little bit longer, but I do think that he's out of gas. Here's your watch list. Andrew Wiggins is on my watch list in case the Warriors pivot back into veteraning, veteraning or trade him. Rui Hachimura is on my watch list because it feels like the Lakers badly need him because they suck right now. I know they won a couple of games, but they were not decisive. Nothing the Lakers have done lately has been decisive. That team needs a big shakeup. And it probably needs to come from the top. They're going to make a dumb trade instead. Alec Burks remains on the watch list. Uh, He was putting up some pretty good scoring numbers before Cade Cunningham went down. Will he now have the bandwidth to do more than just score is what I'm watching there. Isaac Okoro and Sam Merrill on the Cavs are on my watch list. I know they don't play again until Checks Watch 2025 because they got to fly back from Europe. Uh, But if Struess misses a game and, you know, Garland, who, by the way, Darius Garland is someone you should go trade for right now because I'm pretty sure that dude's playing in like the next two weeks. Cam Whitmore on Houston is a watch list guy. Also a spec ad. You could call him a speculative ad. Luke Kennard, same story, kind of a speculative ad type, but I think maybe tilting a little bit more towards watch list there. Uh, And Xavier Tillman is uh, also on the watch list. You know, last time... I know they had Bismarck Biombo around for a while. I'm not sure that I believe that Tillman's going to just play all the center minutes for this team because they'll run JJJ at center. They'll run Santi Aldama at center. And if they go into tank mode, then who the hell knows what's going to go on for Memphis at center. If you wanted a pre-ad, again, Tillman, you could call a speculative ad. He has kind of like top 100 big man upside, rebounds, field goal percent, some steals basically, but not consistently. 
And I don't know that the minutes are going to be consistent either. And I know what you're thinking, Dan. Or you know what you're thinking, colon. Dan, where the hell is Vince Williams? Injury replacement list. Don't worry. We're getting there. We are almost there. Uh, there was something else that I was going to mention about the, the Cavaliers. Oh, I remember. So uh, we had a big news break that we'll do at the end of this big board. The big news break does pertain to someone that we had on our buy low board. I said, do it before you get any good news. Well, the good news is out now. Here are the names that make the Stream While Warm board right now. Bobby Portis, Nas Reed, Cole Anthony, Kelly Olynyk, Kevin Love, Denny Avia, Tarian Prince, Jordan Clarkson, and R.J. Barrett. Play those guys when they're hot and abandon ship when they're not. No other explanation needed on any of them other than obviously they could move into sort of a, uh, you know, injury replacement posture if someone in front of them gets hurt. Like, you know, if uh, Walker Kessler goes down or John Collins goes down, then Kelly Olenek would become more of an everyday play. Or, uh, like, if Orlando, if Jalen Suggs goes back down, Cole Anthony becomes more of an everyday play. And for Nas Reed, who might actually be on the injury replacement board right now, because remember, he, he had a big game uh, with Rudy Gobert out. He's an injury replacement type. You guys get the idea, I think. I think you guys get the idea. It's hard to put all of these thoughts together. All right, here we go. Buckle up, everybody. These are the injury replacement boards. Make sure to follow Ethos Fantasy BK, by the way, on Twitter. Uh, outstanding news feed that's up to 10,800 followers now, which is pretty damn cool. Not only do they have breaking news, but they also have post-game news, which not a lot of the other news feeds do. Make sure to follow Ethos Fantasy BK. I put that right up on your screen here for those watching the video. Uh, those listening, you guys already know what to do. Alrighty, here they are in all of their glory. I think it does continue on to a second page. Yeah, two pages of these names. Um, TJ McConnell for Tyrese Halliburton. Bruce Brown, probably, probably Bruce Brown, also for Halliburton. Nas Reed, if Gobert misses another ballgame, I don't think he will. Slow-mo, if Conley misses another ballgame, I don't think he will. Al Horford, if any Boston starter sits, which it sounds like they're good for the next one, but you never know. Karis LeVert continuing. This is a rolling one for Darius Garland. Sadiq Bey, this is a rolling one also. This time it's DeAndre Hunter instead of Jalen Johnson for a while. Nick Richards still rolling for Mark Williams. Malcolm Brogdon is back on the board, if healthy. He didn't play yesterday, but Shaden Sharp got hurt. Sounded like it was an adductor soreness thing, which usually guys don't play in the next ballgame, but we don't know yet. What we do know is that when either Sharp, Grant, or Simons is out, Brogdon's the winner. But when all three of those guys are healthy, Sharp, Simons, and Grant, Brogdon is not a winner. Keep an eye on this one. He might have gotten dropped because all three of those guys were healthy and Brogdon was basically not playing the last week. Check your waiver wire. Do up brief. It gets a big eh from me. Eh. DeAndre Ayton and Moses Brown are both out, so there's not really much in the way of other options. Ibu Baji is an option. But Portland's going to have to not lose by 50 points every game if Reith is going to get to play more than 23 minutes. That's the problem right now. We're in, this is what I call uh, wizard syndrome. We just need competitive, but we haven't gotten it in a while. 
Jaime Akez for Jimmy Butler, although I need to add a name actually in real time here. Duncan Robinson, because Tyler Hero is back out again with a shoulder issue. So put uh, D-Rob back on the board. Tim Hardaway Jr., because Luka sat out the last ball game. That's, of course, you play Tim Hardaway if either of the Mavs superstars sits because he gets a big usage bump. Paul Reed for Joel Embiid. Love a good stream that rhymes. Onyeka Okongwu for Clint Capella. Goga Batadze, who's, again, right at that barely playable mark with Wendell Carter Jr. out. And then Vince Williams Jr., who I think is a little bit more of a speculative injury replacement for both John ja Morant and Marcus Smart because we saw this before. He's interesting, but there's really been no guarantee that he does enough on a game-to-game basis to be startable. I just think it's worthwhile to have him on your team to see what happens. By the way, uh, Cocoon Man in the chat just said he subscribed and he found me through tweet storms. So that basically does my promo for me. Subscribe and find me on Twitter because I do tweet storms. Thanks, Cocoon Man. Happy to have you aboard. Uh, those are the names. You guys are going to watch me. Uh, close out my Microsoft Word document in real time as well. Golly, don't you just love the high-tech crap? Someone was telling me on Twitter that they really want me to start doing graphics, and I'm like, yeah. I really want me to start doing graphics too, but I also need like an extra two hours uh, in my day. What does that mean? I guess it means that I need the kids to be at school from like 8 to 5, but they're not. They're not. Someday, perhaps, my older one can make it from 8 to, like, 4, 4.35-ish. The younger one ain't making it that far, especially while he's continuing to potty train. By the way, you guys want to know what messes up potty training really fast? An 8-day gastrointestinal drug, uh, bug. An 8-day gastrointestinal bug. You know what I bought yesterday? Air freshener. This place stinks. That's all right. I'm in it. But most of you guys already know the big news. I just wanted to make a stink about it because it's such a fun, fun thing to have happened. The big news is... What's he going to say? What's he going to say? What's it going to be? LaMelo Ball is back for the Charlotte Hornets, ladies and gentlemen. LaMelo is back. Honest to God, I don't even remember the last time this dude played a basketball game. Uh, when was LaMelo's last game? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? November 26th. Yeah, seven weeks, basically. Woof. If you drafted him in the first round, your team is uh, probably buried right now. So this wonderful news, I don't know how much it helps you. Certainly makes your team better. But the thing that, the reason I actually brought this up is because if you guys recall, on our buy low board two weeks ago, I said, this is the time. Buy low on LaMelo Ball. There's been no update on him. But he's been out at that point for like five weeks. And right ankle sprains, no matter how bad they are, basically don't take longer than eight. Otherwise, you're getting into, like, tears. And they would have probably had to say that. I know the Hornets are terrible with their injury reporting, but they've been calling it a right ankle sprain this whole time. If they switched it, 
called it something else. Okay, a different monster. But they never changed off of that. And so when we got to five weeks and there wasn't that update, I was like, look, worst case scenario right now, he's out three more weeks. Worst case. And you could probably get him for a top 50 guy at that point. Like, you think somebody was saying no to you if you offered them DeJounte Murray for LaMelo Ball two weeks ago or Alperin Shengun? Tyler Hero, before he got hurt again right now? No, they're taking those dudes. Miles Bridges, DeMar DeRozan, Bam Adebayo, these guys probably all would have gotten it done. LaMelo Ball was number 31 before he got hurt. But I do think it's worth pointing out that he was coming on also before he got hurt. He was number 20 in the five games before he went down, and that was despite four and a half turnovers per game because his other numbers were 29 points, six boards, eight assists, 4.33 pointers, medium volume, 92% at the free throw line, 1.3 steals. Those are first round type of numbers minus the four and a half league worst turnovers during that stretch. Worse than Trey Young. You had an opportunity to get a guy who's a first rounder if you're punting turnovers over that stretch. That probably won't numbers that we're going to hold the whole way through for a top 50 type of guy. And all you had to do was be willing to take a chance that he'd be back in the next two to three weeks. And here you go. One good question in the chat. There are actually way more than one. There's a lot of really good questions in the chat room. I love that you guys are helping each other. I appreciate that because you know I can't get to them. Uh, but this is an interesting question. Someone dropped Evan Mobley. Should you pick him up and hold him in your injured reserve slot or no? Well, the problem with Mobley that we didn't have, it's, like, it's not really a problem, I guess. The sort of the issue is that we immediately got told that Mobley was out for one and a half to two months. Right out of the chute. He's been out right now for about one month and a week or so. So you're looking at probably another three or four weeks. But we don't really know for sure. We know that he's not just going to pop up and start playing any day now. Which wasn't the case with LaMelo Ball. That was one of the reasons that I put him as a buy low. Because I was like, look, we might get really lucky on this buy low. And he might just pop up and play tomorrow. That's not happening with Mobley. You know you're squatting on him for at least two to three weeks, maybe longer. But we are talking about a top 50 guy. And generally, the rule of thumb is you should be willing to stash a top 50 guy for up to six weeks. So the short answer to the Evan Mobley, should I stash him right now question, I think is probably yes. Because I think he's back in about one more month. So all-star break. If you can stash him, top 40 guy, for one month, you definitely do it. Good question. Again, that brings up a rule of thumb. Top 50 guys you stash for up to six weeks. Uh, top 75 guys I wouldn't stash for more than three or four weeks. Call it four, about a month. Uh, top 90 or deeper, you probably dump them if they clear that mark. That's kind of the, the stash rule of thumb. I think that's probably it, actually. I think that's it for today. Um, we should have a show on Sunday. Because Monday, as you guys might recall, is MLK Day. 
one of the absolute most fantastic NBA days of the year because there's a bazillion games and they run from first thing in the morning until your head hits the pillow. In fact, let's see, when do they actually start on that one? I think we looked this up one other time. Uh, first game is at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Ah, I love it. You just got time to like get the day going, rub the sleep out of your eyes, and then it's party time. It's an 11-game day, so it's like Christmas doubled, basically, with the same general idea. You got the morning game, hour and a half later, your midday crop of four games starts. Two and a half hours after that, you got a four-game chunk of early evening games. Then you got that one weird mountain game in Utah, and then you got the nightcap. Lakers host the Thunder. I'm sure the Lakers are going to get bludgeoned in that ball game, but whatever. Oh, I love it. I love it. But, of course, that means there really isn't time for us to do a Monday morning show to get you ready for a 10 a.m. lineup lock. So we're going to try to do that on Sunday. Um, it'll be later in the day on Sunday so that most of the results are in. We might not have the end of that Phoenix-Portland game on Sunday night. Uh, but everything else should be done by about uh, 6, 6.30 Pacific time. Uh, and then we'll try to get that show out. That'll recap the weekend and get you situated uh, for the coming week ahead. One thing to kind of keep in mind as you guys look towards next week is that because Monday is such a heavy day, it's a heavy flow day, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, uh, that's a gross joke waiting to happen. But it's not the only heavy flow day next week. So you got MLK Day, which is an 11-gamer. You got Wednesday, which is a 10-gamer. Uh, so there's two days where you might get stuck with sort of an overload on roster. And maybe more importantly, Tuesday is an extremely light day, and there are opportunities to front-load your week. The Thunder go Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back, -back, and the Sixers go Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back. -back. So that's an interesting way to look as you sort of pivot into next week. We'll talk about all of that and more in a Sunday evening show. In the meantime, please make sure to like, rate, subscribe. Go find me over on Twitter. Actually, you might be watching on Twitter right now. So if you are, make sure to hit the follow button at Dan Bespris. Have a great Friday, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out with us all the time and helping grow sportsethos.com. I actually bothered to type out the entire website name. Head to the Discord. That link is in the show description. Head to Manscaped. Go get something sweet. I think that's all the promo. I don't know. I'm sure I'm missing something. Hugs and kisses to you all. I will see you over on social media between now and Sunday. Later. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.